It's the end of the year. As we record this, it's December 29th. It'll go up on December 30th. The minutes are counting down. There's not much of the year left. It's ticking away. It's it's that time of year where we get to say at the end of this week's podcast, oh, see, see you, you next year. year. <laughs> Kill me. But at this time, we like to reflect. We like to learn lessons. We like to think about, you know, what wisdom we may have accrued over the past 12 months. Me, I learn not to eat nerds before I go to sleep. Yeah, they give you bad dreams? Yeah, fuck this noise about cheese giving you, like, weird dreams and stuff. I have, like, apparently I get violent dreams when I eat nerds. I had a few nerds, right, and fell asleep. Yeah. And the first dream, not so, not so weird. But I was in a house, Sophie from Mars was there, and I had a cough, and I, I couldn't cough enough to get rid of the cough, and of course... I was like, I, not even in my dreams can I escape COVID. So I, I'm outside, like breathing, being all like, oh, I hope I don't give everyone COVID in the house. Woke up from that, was like, haha, I did not have a cough. I've beaten the system. <laughs> Finished the box of nerds at 3 a.m. Fell asleep. The next thing I know, I'm pinned down to a couch by three British men who are asking me where I'd like to be punched in the face. Whether I'd like it, you know, in the eye or the nose or the mouth. And I'm trying to sweet talk my way out of it by saying, Is, are those British accents? Because I'm British. Yeah, whereabouts? Yeah, it did satiate them for a moment before they got wise and were like, oh, no, no, we're going to punch you in the face. Oh, no. Went for a swing, woke up. <laughs> I love it when I wake up before violence happens to me. Because that is a true victory. Like, th then they're gone. Yeah. They just don't exist anymore. They ain't punching jack shit. I fall asleep. Walk into my bathroom to find, in the dream, walk into my bathroom to find that the toilet has been clogged to shit, right? It is full up with toilet paper and there's toilet paper everywhere. And I'm thinking, only Conrad uses this bathroom. What's he fucking done? It wasn't him, because then an entire family from across the way had just invited themselves into my house and said, we did that, we're going to clean it, but then just started touching all my stuff and breaking it and getting in my face and telling me I had a blister on my nose, which I didn't. Huh. And they got really bad, and they broke my Starscream statue, and I threw them out, and then they just started banging and banging, trying to get in. In the dream, there were windows, which I don't have at the front door, but they were in this, and they were, oh, they were just sneering and threatening and conjoling, and I was like, well, I'm going to email the building manager about this. And then I woke up halfway through the email. So I lost that one. I avoided the COVID and the punch in the face, but I didn't get to send that email. So the weird family, uh, they won that one. Well, the dad looked like Sean Locke uh, of predominantly 8 out of 10 cats fame. Uh, for anyone in anyone keeping score at home, if I had to put a face to the lead British person who was going to punch me in the face, I'd say somewhere between uh, a younger Leo DiCaprio and Paul Bettany. Yeah, so don't eat nerds, because then when you wake up a few hours later, you are going to feel like the Kool-Aid man took a shit down your throat. So what did you learn uh, this year, my, my good friends and co-hosts? Here's what I learned. I'm still getting new original emails from Bethia, my uh, lady who tells me about my psychic life. Oh. My life is a very powerful lady. Well, these are important lessons. Yeah, I've been, I've been checking in every now and then because, like, here's the thing. I was convinced I was going to hit 12 months and it was going to start looping. And that this was just like, this is a 12-month loop. No, we've gone past the year mark and I'm still getting original unique emails. Uh, the most recent, for example, uh, there is someone called Cosmo, who's an incredible astronomic expert, uh, who knows an exorcist, <laughs> and apparently, like, part, part, part of what I'm supposed to do is I'm, I'm, there's ghosts, ghosts are real, I'm gonna be taught to be an exorcist, I'm gonna get all the ghosts out of people. That's where we're at now. Cosmo, Cosmo's friend who's an exorcist. Wow. So exorcism isn't built into your existing... Loadout of moon goddess powers. No, that's a separate power I have to oh, acquire individually. I I don't yet have um the ability to. Cosmo hasn't taught me how to how to exercise ghosts out of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's fantastic. For those who may be newer listeners, Laura gets um, has gotten over the past year a series of spam emails with lore and backstory that present her as a moon goddess and try and sell her artifacts. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's best described as uh, Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings meets Tommy Wiseau. It's Tommy Wiseau's Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> It's incredible. Like that, it's a bunch of interconnected plot lines about my amazing future, all sorts of things that the Pope had a vision about me at some point. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a big year for me and magical revelations about my life. I'm so happy for you. Like, if oh, anyone deserved you. to be the Moon Goddess and an exorcist, it's you. You've earned it. You've worked for it. Yeah, I know how hard you've worked for this. I told people when I hit 30, that's, you know, my 30s were going to be my decade, and I hit the ground running, becoming a moon goddess, and it's going pretty well so far. Yeah. And then they will be. The 30s were my decade for a couple of years. But yeah, <laughs> Con- Conrad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, what did I learn? What have you learned? Yeah, what did you learn this year? I'm an American. I didn't learn shit. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I've got no no argument to that. No counterpoint. Yeah. 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 And in a way, let's talk about games. <laughs> Learn, let's talk about what? Games. Oh, look at look at you. Sorry, I heard you say the word games. I assumed I must have misheard. Speaking of learning nothing. It's a psyop. <laughs> I'm screwing with you. I don't want to talk about games. I've never heard of them. Well, I do. What video games have you played? Tell me about them. I've played a couple. Yeah, tell me about one. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of them, but I've played some. Tell me. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with one that we've both played, because I know you've picked up, um, and I've, I've re-picked it up for some streaming, um, but you uh, have been having a crack at Aliens Fireteam Elite. Yeah! Winner of the Jimquisition, um, bad game that I inexplicably like for some fucked up reason award. I'll put it this way, I was never going to pay money for that, but it got added onto Game Pass, mm. and I saw it there and was like, you know, I'll give it a go. And I'll say this... It's certainly not unenjoyable. It it doesn't feel it. Mm. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is a focus game, and it's it's. There's a lot of problems with it. It's, it's, a, it's a weirdly fun little game. Yeah, it's it's one of the few games that could lay claim, in my opinion, to being a like B movie equivalent game, like a B game, because they're so hard to do. A shitty B movie is passive. You don't have to in like engage with terrible controls to enjoy it. The thing here is, is that the controls are largely pretty decent, and I think that means that like I can have a fine time playing it to get the weird jankiness. Yeah, it works as a third person shooter. It it's not. The fundamentals aren't janky. Everything built on top is. And, like, some of the things I've enjoyed about it mechanically are things that, like, are objectively not how you're supposed to do games like this, but are kind of fine. Like, the shotgun shoots way further and more accurately than any other video game shotgun. I can use it very effectively at range, and I love that. That's great. I know I know that that's not how you're meant to do shotguns. I'm having a great time shotgunning things from halfway across a room. Yeah, like it, it's enjoyable. It's yeah. It's a game I would never recommend people buy, but yeah, I did get it when it came out, and I have since dropped for the deluxe edition upgrade because I've been playing <laughs> it that fucking much. But no one buy it. I well, no, like people have asked me, should I get it? Um, you know, and every, oh, fucking collar. Um. I've been streaming it this past week and people have asked me, you know, oh, do you recommend it? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to say don't buy it because, you know, I found fun with it. Laura, you found fun with it. Many people may. I haven't found enough fun to say that you should pay for it. Right. Well, there but you if go. You've got game, if you've got Game Pass and it's there, like a few things. Couldn't match make into a match with anyone to save my life. Don't know what that was about. And I had to play it with my little AI mannequin friends. You know, they're all right. Don't go into this expecting the aliens to really feel much in the way of scary. No, no, they're not. They're fucking fodder. Yeah, they're fodder in the same way that, like, they, this feels like a first-person shooter equivalent of something like some of the, like a Warriors game, in that it's like, mm-hmm. hey, feel cool and gun down a bunch of that thing you recognise. Yeah, it's, you know, 
fairly typical horde shooter, um, like Back for Blood, but fun. And like, it's got its weird little things like, there's no caring about sound, you can sprint around on the metal floor as fast as you can, and aliens oh, yeah. don't give a shit, they never notice. But like, when a big wave of them comes at you and you're gunning them down as they get to you, it's, it's pretty fun! Yeah, I mean, it's just very simple, satisfying stuff. I also uh, really like headshots in that game. Mm. They are very satisfying. The heads go splat, and then a little like like aliens reminiscent soundtrack sting just plays very briefly. I I'm very early, so I don't know how much this holds up for later. But right now, I'm very much enjoying that the resources are so overabundant. In general, there's a couple moments where they've not spaced them out very well, but in general, you get enough ammo to see you through. Generally, so far, I have found like not just enough ammo to see me through, but enough ammo that like I can play a little bit fast and loose gunning stuff down in the way you kind of want to do in a power fantasy. And still not have to worry too much about ammo. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple later levels, the ammo crates, there's a one or two bits where I'm like, they really could have done with a, a crate here. Mm. Yeah, my only other main gameplay criticism outside of all the jank is the medic class. I really like medic classes and stuff in games, but it's the only class that can run out of its ability and will because the healing station is... Yeah. It never replenishes. Whereas, you know, you can, if you're an engineer, which I've, I've defaulted to now because it's just way more effective and has better gun access. Yeah, you can drop turrets and pick them up. And even if they get destroyed, they come back. The class with the grenades can throw grenades for, for forever. I've really liked that. I really liked that grenades weren't a limited resource. Yes. Being on a short cooldown timer was really nice. And yeah, you know, and, and if you yeah. want those grenades, it, yeah, they're tied to a class. So it's, you know, interesting in that regard. Um, I like the different classes it has. Uh, it's, I'm very, it's one of those games that's just cute. It's like, this is adorable. I, I can tell you've tried. Yeah. It's not technically good, but I can feel the effort. And I really appreciate, <laughs> I've brought it up a few times and I've talked about it, but I really appreciate the commitment to law to incorporate um, various sort of oh, special xenomorphs yes. that are based on the ones from Aliens Colonial Marines, of all things, and then the references to Alien Isolation with Siegson and the Working Joes and stuff like that. Like, I really appreciate that. It is nice seeing them not pretend that they're the only Aliens video game that exists. Yeah, but if you're gonna, like, not bother to animate the mouths of NPCs... Oh, don't zoom in! Don't zoom in, like... Like Fallout or, or Elder Scrolls style to show it. Have a closer look at this face that isn't moving. What? Yeah, just just leave the yeah leave the camera in gameplay mode. It draws <sighs> less attention to what you didn't do. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's bad, but it's all right. <laughs> What about you, Conrad? What have you been playing? Well, I I did the holiday thing this week. Yeah? Vi you know, visiting people out, out of state. So in my video game time was uh, somewhat limited. But, you know, I did bring a laptop up with me so that I'd have access to Jackbox games because that crowd is into that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I played Earwax, which is oh. one I hadn't done before. Earwax, I I never know whether I like that one or not. Yeah, it's weird. It lands very differently depending on what group you play it with. It's very hit and miss. Yeah. Well, and the the mechanics of it and, and the options you're provided are also really, really hit and miss. Like, not even in a comical way. Yeah. Like, often... So the premise of this is that you are given a prompt of some kind, you know, like... I, you know, I can't even think of one, but then you're presented with two sound, you're with a list of sound effects and you have to select two of them to represent the, what that thing is describing. Yeah. So it might be like something like my time at school or, sure. or something. And yeah. you have a bunch of not seemingly applicable sound effects and you're trying to combine them in a way that go, people will listen and go, ha ha ha, that sort of tells a story. And they're all sort of sound effects that you're familiar from having heard, you know, used to death. Like, you know, flushing toilets, fart noises, that yeah. stuff's in there. But then you've got slide whistles and cartoon, you know, running noises or, or just a 
a mishmash of stuff. Yeah. But you only get six to choose from. Yeah. And and then once you're you're into that choice, it's like, all right, well, none of these are particularly useful. And in pair, a lot of times they aren't even particularly funny paired together. It's one of the worst Jackbox games for you might just get... Ha- it, it's It's got the Cards Against Humanity problem. You might just be handed a bad hand and, like, there is nothing funny I can do with this. Yeah, but when it's funny, it's excruciatingly funny. Yeah. And, like... It's one of those games where I wish they would give you either access to... Honestly, yeah, just g- give access to a larger pool of the of the things. Maybe not all of them every time. Yeah. But, like, a, a wider pool. The other thing that can be a problem occasionally is you're given words describing the sound effects. Yeah. You don't get to hear them until they play in front of the crowd. And sometimes that can just make a joke that worked in your head completely land on flat on its face for everyone else. And sometimes it does, you know, contribute unintentional comedy as well. So it's not, you know, yeah. everything in this is a double-edged sword and it's all sort of based on the limits of the information that you're provided. Yeah. I like it. I will play it again. I think it it it's one that we played it with only four people and I'm wondering I feel like more people would just make it less enjoyable. I've played it in bigger groups and I agree. Yeah, it seems like one of those, in most of the Jackbox games that you play, it's like, you know, this is fun with three or four, but if you had six, boy, you could really have some interesting stuff happen. The problem with this at bigger player counts is if you play this at three or four, um, you might have one person who got nothing that they could use and you have to sort of like eh, through the answer yeah the bigger that play like this game really suffers with oh no this is going on for a while and i've, I've had mm-hmm. to fake laugh more than once on this same question <laughs> and that's a really bad feeling for a game like this to to give you yeah yeah i'm with you on that so anyway that but that's that we played we played a bunch of drawful because that never yeah. fails i am the worst artist and 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 linda's very good but i am i'm a very convincing title writer yeah so it balances out and and they get mad at me when i win (laughs) what about uh you laura you play anything uh i'll spend today you know trying a few new things playing around in uh in game pass as as you do uh i started playing a game called backbone i've seen this uh this is uh Got a fox on the cover, right? Uh, yeah, it's got some anthropomorphic animals on the cover. So you play as like a as like a raccoon detective. Uh, it is a sort of side scrolly advent like um puzzle solving adventure game. There's light exploration, but it's largely go solve go solve the mystery kind of thing. Uh, the art style's gorgeous. It is a very 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 detailed pixel art with traditional 3D lighting effects applied over it to give it some really nice like shading and that sort of detail. The thing that I kind I find kind of interesting about this is I'm only on a first playthrough and I'm very early on. I don't know how much of this is illusion of choice. It feels like there is a lot of different ways to achieve end results and it feels like there is a lot of consequence for the ways you interact with people while on the job. I'll give a really early example to try and talk through. Uh, I was trying to find someone who maybe had been cheating on his wife and trying to find evidence, and I'd been trying to... I'd, I'd worked my way into this club. I got someone to to vouch for me to get me through the front door. And I stupidly went and spoke to someone I shouldn't have spoken to, who turned about to be the venue owner, and played way too coy about who I was. And she was like, I can smell your insincerity a mile off, and fucking kicks me out of the club. And I'm like... I feel like if I had talked to the person next to you who I really should have spoken to, probably would have avoided that. But then uh, there were two other options to get back in. It's like, okay, you can't go back in that way because she's watching for you. You can either uh, get a code for the back door and sneak in that way, or you can get on top of the roof and get in through a doorway up that way. Now that you're describing, I'm remembering that I played this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, to, if you go for the roof route, root, there's like, ah, there's two different people you can side with, and how you talk to them depends how you get up there. Like, it seems like there's a good variation in, like, ways to get to what you're trying to get to. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I remember uh, conversations with people about it that, uh, like, the, the dialogue or the writing is, it's not bad, 
and it does have a very illusion of choice thing going with it, but it's so hard to to perceive. And maybe it doesn't matter, you know? That's the thing. Like, I could tell from early on, I was like, I feel like this is very illusion of choice, but it's selling the illusion really well. Yeah. Like, it was selling the illusion well enough that I was like, maybe I'd have been funneled here anyway, but I feel like that was in my control. Yeah. And I, I think that's done well. I think that the characters are well written to be distinct and, you know, feel like their own their own people. There's occasionally a little wonkiness about like someone will tell you about a character you should go talk to who's literally like four steps to the left. There's occasionally little things like that that are a little janky. Yeah. And mechanically, it's largely walk around having conversations. Yeah. Very occasionally do a very light stealth and very occasionally move some things around to find a clue. You're here for the for the setting and the characters more than you are the mechanics and I'm digging them, but I, I, it's one of those where, like, the second that this illusion of choice starts to falter, I don't know that the rest of it's going to hold me there. Also, I, the lack of any kind of sound when text happens, even if it's just a, mm. doesn't work for me, and I can't know why. Like, completely silent text boxes never work for me. Yeah, it seems, it seems interesting, but, like, it, Early on, I'm like, this is a really neat concept that I can already see where the problems are going to be. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what about you, Steph? Did you play anything else this week? Yeah, I did, as it happens. Oh. I played uh, the Short Games Collection. It's on Switch. Short Games Collection mm. number one, to be more specific. This is a collection of five games with a sixth secret one that I haven't played because I didn't know about it until moments before we started recording. But it is a collection of very short games, and that's what it is. Is this the one that had the titties growing out the ground? Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that bit. Okay, we'll get to that. I, I, I'm impressed that's on Switch. Yes, I'm surprised. Um, so yeah, it's got five games with a secret sixth game. I'll quickly go through them, because to be honest, I, I was a bit disappointed. Like I, I had my eye on this for a while. The games looked really interesting, and I'm I'm not so keen on most of them. Um, but we've got Swallow the Sea, which is has wonderful visuals, this sort of detailed pixel art style with all these weird little, like, twisted versions of sea creatures floating about. Um, and it's one of those, it's very typical, one of those ones where you are a little thing, uh, and then you eat other things and get bigger. Yeah. Um, I think Carrion was like a more recent example of that. And there's one, there's a really old one where you were a shark. Um, not not a man eater, like a really old school one about being a fish. But anyway, mm. it's basically, it's just that. Uh, very short, sells itself on the weird visuals, and that's about it. <clears throat> it's very standard. Yeah, uh, and that's about it. That's all I could really say about it. Uh, Ghoststein, uh, or Ghostine has so much potential and I'm disappointed because once you've nailed down mechanically what it does, that's it. Um, then it gets really tedious, but you are a ghost helping a kid escape from a concentration camp. And to do that, the uh, kid moves when you command them to by putting posters up on the wall. So the idea is you run ahead of them and there've been games similar to this where you know, you're escorting someone who's running and sort of lemmings-ish. There was a an old Genesis game, I think, where you were like some sort of animal trying to stop a, a sleepwalker from getting into trouble. Um, so it's similar to that, but you've got posters, one to move left, one to move right, one to stop, and one to hide. And it's a stealth game uh, where Nazis are patrolling left and right, and it's side-scrolling, and you were like slap a poster on the wall, move left. And then when you get to like a box or something, slap a poster on the wall that says hide. And you're doing that basically. It's very mm. simple. Like fundamentally, it's very straightforward 2D stealth like we've seen in quite a few games yeah. uh, over the past few years. That's it though. And even though it's short, like I didn't bother getting to the end of it because I reached a point where I had um, messed up a couple of times and it made me do the, an entire section again. And I was already bored of the gameplay by that point. 
I didn't want to repeat stuff I'd already done without variants. That's just the same series of commands. Uh, so while I like the concept and it's got some really like really haunting uh, visuals in it, to be honest, I was more bored than compelled. So that's Ghostine. Uh, Uranus is essentially competitive snake where you are the screen is split eyeballs with wings one player controls each one and you whiz around like a 3d sphere like yeah like mm. super mario galaxy or something mm. fucking incomprehensible i absolutely hated it uh it, it's just it's it's just too much because on top of that, it's all, you know, colors and shapes flying everywhere. As an audiovisual experience, I just couldn't make head nor tail of it. Uh, so that one I didn't spend much time with at all. Uh, the two standouts, one is called A Game Literally About Doing Your Taxes, which <laughs> is you're looking down at a table, you've got a pair of hands, one swipes left, one swipes right, and all you're doing is moving the taxes envelopes to the left and the junk mail to the right. And it does that over a number of days, and then some weird shit happens. And then it gets a bit freaky. Um, really simple, but lasts just long enough before one would get bored of it. Mm. Um, really nice visual style, very cool effects when it gets all weird. Uh, so that one was okay. That one I didn't mind. And then we get to the Good Time Garden. Yes. Oh my, yes. The Good Time Garden. Yeah, you tweeted a video of this out, and the first I knew was some people in your comments tagging that it sounded like one of the voices in it sounded like me, and I went and listened. I was like, yep, I hear it. Also, I'm looking at this. Yeah, so let me mm. let me just describe the little clip I posted on Twitter.com. You are a little pink, like salmon-coloured fella with a little tiny dick and balls that's just there between the legs. No big deal. Yeah. You're wandering along. There are these two breasts growing out of the ground. <laughs> you walk up to these titties and you <laughs> slap them. And as you slap them, milk squirts out while a voice is going, mm, nice. Oh, yes. Like that. You keep slapping the titties. Eventually, the ground cracks. The titties rise up out the ground. And it turns out that each tit was on the head of a conjoined monster that's in love with the other head. Which I, I feel it's important to note that they share one, one, one vagina between them. They share one blue body with a vagina. Sort of between the four legs. Between the four legs. They walk forward a bit, squat on the ground, give birth <laughs> to a tit with a face, and wanders off saying, we're parents. <laughs> and the game is basically like that. That is just one of the things that happens, uh, and just one example of genitalia being featured in the game. Um, yeah, yes, it is on the Switch. Uh, it's incredible. Look, you've said that like more than half of this uh, collection is subpar. I'm, I'm, I'm downloading it right now for the two that sound good. It's a trip. I need to do my taxes and slap titties. Yeah, a, The Good Time Garden is an absolute trip. It's like... God knows how long, like sub 10 minutes, I'd say. Hmm. Uh, it's you wander around feeding things to things mostly. Um, and it's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. One thing I learned from the game is it's nice to be wet. Well, it's been my experience. Yeah. And, and if you ever see a, a, a frog lady with multiple bulbous egg sacs, um, she will, you know, be more than happy to invite you to slap her sacks. What a game. What a fucking game. It does make up for my disappointment with the other ones. The Good Time Garden is... I, I want to see more of it. Yeah. I know it's short and complete, like, as a thing, but 
I want to see more of that. This honestly sounds very much like, as, as someone who's been along to game jams in the past, this sounds like the experience of going to a game jam, which is... Yeah, I know at least one of the games was done in a 48-hour jam. Yeah, it, it's got that vibe, because it's like, hey, you're going to get some interesting ideas that maybe aren't as thought through as they need to be, but could be something. Yeah. You're going to get a few things that just don't work, and you're going to get a few things that are like, oh, that's genuinely... You, you did something really cool there. Yeah. And whereas the other games are mostly pixely, like pixelated, you know, your typical style. Yeah. This one is like just gorgeously animated. Yeah. Um, really wonderfully animated cartoon visuals and gorgeous tit slapping. Gorgeous. Animations. Yeah, like everything flaps and flops. Um, you know, the juicy moist parts are juicy and moist, uh, and the voice acting is just delightful. The voice acting is brilliant. I'm going to replay it again and hang around some characters more because I think as I walked through it, I basically I did stick around for one bit for the the groups of girls that were talking about how they could see the characters' butthole. Um, I stuck around for all of their dialogue and it's delightful. Yeah, uh, the Good Time Garden. I I think I love it. And yeah, that's that. There, as I said, there is a sixth game you can access somehow. I've not played that. But the Good Time Garden is, I don't know if it's worth the full cost of entry, but it is worth looking at. Oh, God, it's worth looking at. I know that I'm happy to play games that aren't necessarily great, but have interesting ideas for a few minutes. I've, I've, I've downloaded it while we're, while we're recording. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to have a quick look. I'll, I'll, I'll try playing a couple of other things. Not a huge amount of time into any of them, but uh, I started playing something called Blood Roots. Yeah. Oh, that's the um, sort of move through a level as fluidly as you possibly can, combo-driven, uh, interact with the environment and kill things in beautifully animated bloody stuff. I played the demo of that a while back. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a guy with a wolf pull over your head. Oh, I've as played a this! Yeah, you recommended it to me, Steph. Yeah! So, I started, I started playing this today. I really dig it. Um, I... I didn't expect my comparison point to this to be... The thing I kept thinking about was super hot. Yeah. Because obviously you don't have the, the time-slowing mechanic, but very much it's got that grab a weapon, it's got a limited number of uses, plan how you're going to use that weapon to get to the next improvised weapon as you go through the level. You're killing everything in a single hit, but they're doing the same to you. Mm -hmm. Yep. That being said, I I feel like the game is more forgiving than I expected in terms of... Like, if you clear a, a batch of enemies, you can usually stop and take stock for a second before you go and go, right, I'm going to go do the next batch. Like, you, you've got some breathing room, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. I like the variation in the weapons and how many of them have, like, maneuvering around the world attributes as well as just their combat attributes. Yes. Uh, like, for example, if you're trying to cross a big gap or close in on an enemy quick, there's a sort of scimitar sword that you can sort of do a, a dash through the air or across the ground. There's a big paddle you can use to sort of uh, leap up big ledges or to hit multiple enemies with one big swipe. Everything feels really, like, distinct and, like, they added a new thing f largely for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, like, not always. There's several things that are just, here is a new kind of, it's an axe, you get three hits and it's melee at close range. But, like, most levels feel like they have a few new things where it's like, ooh, I've got something new to play with. And, yeah, it's it's real neat. Yeah, it's it's a very well put together game. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be my kind of game. It's not as unforgiving and brutal as I had anticipated it being, and I've been able to have more fun with it as a result. Also, I like how many like environmental kills there are to discover of like, oh, you jumped on a hay bale on some wheels and now it's rolling through and, you know, killing everyone that it hits. And like, there's a lot of mess around with the environment and find stuff to do kills with. I like the cinematic slowdown it does on random enemies where it'll just do a cool animation as you kill them. Real fun! Yeah. 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 Steph, you played anything else? I played one more thing of note, yeah. Um, yeah? Yeah, because I'd, I'd said last week I'd been eyeing it for a while, and then you talked about having yeah. gotten it, and then so I got it. I got a Hot Wheels Unleashed. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Yeah? It's all right. It's, it's 
nice standard enough um, racer. The unlockable cars are neat. Uh, you know, I've got one that's a shark with wheels. That's okay. I've got one that is a hot dog. Oh, hot dog car. Yeah, hot dog car. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Is it is it the Wienermobile or is it just a hot dog car? I, I don't know the Wienermobile well enough to know if it's the Wienermobile. If it's Oscar Mayer branded, it's... It's the Wienermobile. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't remember. It was a hot wow. dog. Wow. There was a hot dog. That's Knock all I off hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's not like an earth-shattering game, but I, I'm still having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get back to it. Um, but yeah, it's... Fundamentally, it's good. The way it's progress and grindiness and non-microtransaction, but built for it economy it's interesting and i'm gonna have to discuss that more in like maybe a video or something yeah i i, I know you mentioned it i think on stream yeah. the other day the conversation we had it's yes it feels like a microtransaction game despite the a bunch of things that it feels like it has aren't there but they still feel that mm. yeah like it's got a battle pass and that kind well yeah. like a season pass kind of thing and it's got um, it's, no, it's got seasonal passes. It's got a store that regularly updates, like to keep you hooked into the game. Like it's got all the trappings. Yeah, it's got the like the FOMO store by this vehicle that's available right now. Except you can't pay for real money to get the coins to buy it right now. Like it's got all the things where you expect just the buy more coins button to be there, and it keeps not being, and it feels weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, not much more to say on it. I need to get back to playing it some more. Um, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, it's neat. It's neat. It looks neat. I was actually I was planning on playing. It. I just completely forgot about it. But I might pick that up this week then, because I could use something a little mindless. Yeah, it's it's a nice mindless game. Uh, the difficulty is very easy at the start because it's a game for children. Sure. But like it, it it gets getting there. Yeah, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of other things I've played a little bit of. This one I can do real quick. Uh, Dandy Ace. I know one of you talked about this on the show before. Dandy Ace. Yes, Conrad mentioned that one. Was it, was it you, Conrad? The, the roguelike with the cards and the magician, flamboyant magician and the voice acting that you couldn't stand, if I remember right? Have we lost Conrad? We may have done. Oh, no. God, the one time I actually remember something of my own volition and he's not here to hear it. Conrad! Oh no. We miss you! Conrad! Where is he? Oh god. <laughs> I got up to urinate. I thought. Oh. I thought. Oh. I thought Laura was gonna do a, a short string of multiple I, games. I, I, I was. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> we're being silly. Um, we, yeah, you, you talked about Dandy Ace before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, go finish your piss. No, I'm done. Oh. Go have another one. <laughs> Squeeze it all out. I really, really didn't get on with Dandy Ace. No. No? Like, I, I barely got, like, a few rooms in and I just was not feeling it. So, like, the biggest problem for me, um, and maybe this is just a problem with the tutorial cards you're given, it didn't feel like there was any kind of weight or punch behind any of the attacks I was doing. That's fair. Everything felt incredibly disconnected from me, and I within a couple of levels was like why would i be why am i playing this when i could be playing other better roguelikes that give me better feedback on my combat <laughs> yeah i well yeah i agree that the like the feedback from the combat isn't great i think the weapons are pretty good i don't mind the 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 set of things it gives you mechanically like i don't mind starting with a a dash a projectile a melee hit and uh, sort of hits in all directions out from you. That's not a bad set of tools. It's just none of them feel like they're they're hitting anything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's not even that they are ineffective. They just feel that way. Yeah, and that my level of patience for a game in this sort of genre not feeling instantly satisfying mechanically is very low. Because there are so many other good roguelikes I could be using my time to play. If the immediate feedback isn't good on one, you're going to really struggle to keep me more than a few minutes. It's a shame. I liked some of the setup, which is very quickly I realised it wasn't going to be for me. I started playing something called Lemnis Lemniscape. Oh, I've, um, I've seen that. Yeah, so this is a 
this is a first-person shooter with time loop mechanics. The deal is, is that you take it in turns back and forth with another player, doing 25-second rounds of playing whatever first-person shooter mode you're, you're doing. So let's say it's um, capture the flag or control the objectives or something like that. Um, one player will have 25 seconds to have a character go try and work towards that objective. Then the other player will dr- will get a go and, you know, the ghost of what was just done will be up against them and they can either go for an objective or try and kill off... My opponent could kill off my character before I huh. took an objective, for example. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I'll take a turn back. And for example, let's say, let's say I went first, enemy killed my first character. Uh, on the second run, I can go kill the enemy player who killed my character before they kill my character. And now my original run character gets to finish their run again um, and gets to do what they did originally. Hmm. If you die while doing a run, you get to continue doing the run for the rest of your 25 seconds. Because if in a later run you can kill the thing that killed you, it'll play out. So it, it's like, hey, do the full 25 seconds, because this is what you'll do if you can make yourself survive it, with a future self. It sounds complicated, but in practice it's really neat. Yeah. Whenever it's the enemy's turn, you fly a little drone, and you can basically watch from above what they're doing. Uh, with zero restrictions, so you know exactly where they're going, uh, at what point timeline-wise they kill off your characters or when they're going to take an objective, and you can plan to be there to get them when they do. Um, it's got a really, it's got a really neat back and forth asymmetry to it, in that a big part of what you're trying to do is think a few steps ahead and not just be thinking about you know, killing the thing that killed your character in an early run, you're like, okay, I'm going to set up some people to take all the flags in a few of the early runs. And yeah, they might get killed and not actually do it, but I'll make it so that if they're alive, they will successfully take the flags. And then on one of your last runs, maybe, make your last couple of runs, I'm going to kill off all the stuff that's killing my stuff off so that I'm perfectly positioned. I don't usually like first-person shooters, I don't have the sort of twitch response to uh, avoid being shot in real time. And I what I like about this is kind of what I like about Superhot, in that you don't have to be good at first-person shooters to be competent at this, because whenever you're in control of a character, any enemy units running around aren't actually... They're just replays of previous, you know, ones that the other player laid down. They're not cognizant of you being there. They're not going to snipe you from across the map. You can largely do your turn pretty unimpeded as long as you remember who's going to be shooting who where and just don't run into fire you know is going to be there. Like, it's more of a puzzle than it is a Twitch reactions in real time first person shooter. Yeah. And it's really neat. I'm not terribly great at it, but I have had a lot of fun. Its concept works really well. In practice, it's one of those, once you get your hands on it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, my biggest issue with it is there's something weird about the momentum as you start moving, and this might just be me as someone who's motion sick. They do a visual effect that the best way I can describe it is like um, the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars going hyperspeed and the like to the edges of the vision, the stars are starting to sort of blur as you try and imply speed. It does an effect sort of like that as you go from stationary to moving that my brain doesn't like, and I can't find a way to turn it off. But yeah, really neat little concept. I I had a lot of fun with this. And last thing last thing I played, uh, I finally got around to trying Curse of the Dead Gods properly. Have either of you played any of this? Uh, I played it for a little bit. I, I've played a lot of it. Um, I, I, I was playing it um, in the last legs of the early access period right before uh 1.0 hmm. and then at 1.0 they dramatically changed the progression system yeah which wasn't a bad choice like um originally you had three totally different te- separate temp- temples with three stages to complete mm. um that were it was much more explicitly separated um and they've sort of yeah. created a 
a different routing system for for how you complete the game and it's it's fine but it was one of those things where i came in now having made all of this progress on the one track and saw all the changes like yeah yeah <laughs> and it's not a bad like it's a really good game yeah so yeah for anyone who doesn't remember what this one is it's a sort of isometric uh roguelike where the big mechanic is darkness you have a torch that you can sort of use as a melee weapon. You can use it to light lanterns. You can use it to light enemies on fire. It doesn't do a lot of damage, but while you are in darkness, if you're not in light, you take increased damage from enemies. Um, and there's things like you can't see traps on the floor. There's various punishments that happen for being in the dark, but you can't be holding your torch and fighting enemies at the same time. So you've got this sort of back and forth of... Okay, well, I'll get the torch out, I'll light an enemy on fire, I will leave that enemy on fire, not defeated, and attack something else with my sword. It's a neat back and forth that I'm not very good at, but I love the concept, and I just need practice with it. I like that some of the combo stuff, like um, chaining gunshots into the end of your melee combo, is on the same uh, resource bar as doing your dodging. I think that's smart, I think it makes sense, it makes that like a resource you have to really think about keeping. I'm no good at this game's parry window, and I feel like it wants me to be parrying all the time and I'm struggling. Yes, I can complete. It does, it is a very specific parry window. The dodge window is better, I find. Yeah, not the, not the perfect dodge window. That's still just as finicky. See, I think that I find the perfect dodge uh, timing, but it does take practice for sure. But I find it much easier to execute a perfect dodge than a perfect parry. The thing is, I think I would have a better time getting used to the perfect parry or the perfect dodge timing if I wasn't having to micromanage the torch. You know, honestly, I don't. I don't even think about the torch that much. Um, I will have it available to come into a room and light any braziers or anything that might be there. Yeah. But I, it's much more, like the traps are the threat in the dark, as far as I'm concerned. Once you have the combat mechanics down, the, the darkness bonuses or uh, negatives, as they may apply, they may be a little helpful or a little inconvenient, but they're not uh, okay. the thing you should really be focused on. I've been focusing on them, I, on them, I think, way too much then, because like I'm, I'm fine in rooms where I can go light a couple of, uh, of torches and then not think about the torch mechanic. Yeah. But in rooms where there are, there is nothing to light, I'm constantly trying to keep some light because the game has made me... It's given me the impression that darkness is the worst possible thing for me. Right. And it's really, it's not that serious. Um, but again, it is about the traps. And yeah. traps are both, you know, because like most well-designed games of this nature, the enemies are just as susceptible to the traps as you are. So it's both having spatial awareness of the location of those traps for your own protection, yeah. but also because they can really be leveraged. They do a ton of damage, and if you have a weapon that pushes back or you can use your uh, your count, your secondary weapon attack to do a pushback into them, you can take out enemies very quickly. And that is really Really what the game is about is chaining and keeping that chain going and building up uh, more kills and hence more rewards. Yeah, I'm glad I brought this up here because I, I felt like I wasn't playing it right. And I was like, I don't know what the game wants me to do differently. And that that really helps, I think. So I'm going to give it another go and I'll probably come back to it next week. Yeah, that's what I played this week. Should we... Uh, I think the plan this week is we're not going to talk about newsy stuff to finish the episode off because it's the end of the year and news is shit still and, you know, it's it's a lot. Uh, so I think the suggestion that you made, Steph, was uh, this is the end of the year. What 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 we what we predicting for next year? It's what do we think the next ghastly 12 months is going to have in store for us? NFTs. More fucking NFTs that I won't be able to stop fucking hearing about. And then I won't be able to get my Playdate or my Odin or my Steam Deck. Can't get a pocket analogue. This past year, 
I remember we were talking, I think it was us talking about it, about what a marquee year it was for handheld devices. None of the handheld devices that come out this year will be available until, in some cases, 2020 fucking three. My prediction for 2022, my first one, is I won't get a fucking, I won't get half the fucking things I want that fucking year that should have been out this year. Fuck you, crypto bros. Shove your NFTs up your ass. Oh, wait, you can't. They're not real. I am also excited for the Steam Deck and the Play Date. <laughs> I really want a Play Date. Uh, I really want one of those little friends. They got a crank. Or turn the little crank. For better or worse, I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I'm fascinated to see Pokemon Legends Arceus next year. In that, this is that sort of open worldy looking sort of um, Monster Hunter size areas, different thing they're doing with Pokemon. Whether it's good or bad, this is the first time the Pokemon company has like made an effort to do something that seems different yeah. with Pokemon in a very long time, and I, I'm super curious to see how it turns out. Curious is the word. Yeah. I, what I've seen doesn't like excite or thrill me, but it has made me be like, huh, I, I may want to check that out. I'm cautiously curious in the sense that, like, I think the reason this is, like, labelled as a as a spin-off is because they're trying to gauge, like, hey, is this what we do with Pokemon going forward? Or, like, how people feel about this as a direction? I'm like, yeah, try try new stuff. Even if it doesn't work out, I'll be happy you tried something. Just try it, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, easy prediction for next year... I worry that some of the energy that exists this year against certain companies that are in the news by this time next year will have dissipated. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, the community and the press, as I've said before, can't wait to move on from the indiscretion scene at Activision and Ubisoft. Many of them are already just, like, fucking it off. Like, they just don't care. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah... It'll be back to us being told to shut up. Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's, but on the other side of that, what I think we are seeing with the people who are actually affected. Yeah. The workers in studios, at publishers, you know, they are finally starting to talk to each other. That much is clear. They're starting to organize, whether through union or other forms of collective action at their jobs. The consciousness level has been raised there. So, like, and I'm not saying it's fine that the media fucks off, but I also I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that there have been some really positive gains this year. And my hope is that that will continue to grow in the future, regardless of whether or not the consumer pressure gets to be put on or the media gives a shit. Yeah, my hope is that the media and public pressure will last long enough for, and I think I, I, I'm going to be hopeful. I think this will happen regardless. I think we will see Activision Blizzard King staff unionize. That would be a big hope. I, I, I big. I very much hope for it. I know it's a big. I know it's a big hope, but I want to believe. I, I want to believe. Uh, the what information I've seen, it's still very early days. I don't want to be overly optimistic no. about that specific effort. Well, indeed. But I do think industry-wide, uh, the people involved in it, I mean, you know, as in many, many other industries we've seen through this uh, pandemic, uh, they're critically reevaluating the value of what they do. Yeah. And I've been hearing that there has been a good amount of pushback internally to the attempts at uh, the, the union-busting shit going on. So I hope that that stays the case, because... They got a real good, real good opportunity going here, and I really hope that they can yep. stick it out and get some change. In terms of game releases, I think the first big, big one among the gamer community is going to be Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's like really soon, isn't it? That's like February, March, February, I think. Yeah, it it's 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 way sooner than I always think it is. Mm-hmm. Next year is going to be a fun year for uh, for video game movie reviews. Got three different video game movies coming out next year. Ooh. Uncharted, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Untitled Mario film. <laughs> People are so hyped for Sonic 2. Apparently, I haven't 
watched the trailer yet, but people are like really happy that it's gone full embrace of of what it is. Idris Elba's in there and everyone loves Idris Elba, uh-huh. but it does seem like it's really just leaning into let's let's not try and be anything other than this bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And before anybody asks, um, I am committing in 2022 to doing at least one spin-off Doctor's episode. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I don't remember a damn thing about Monster Hunter. There's nothing to remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh... Saints Row? Yeah, rebooted Saints Row. I was just thinking the other day that I I so rarely want to play an open world game because they're just so daunting. But every once in a while, I get that itch. And I was like, I want to play an open world GTA type experience, but one that is mechanically better than Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm probably ready for them to make the effort, at least. I want a Grand Theft Auto that's less self-important and up its own arse. Mm-hmm. And Saints Row's generally been pretty good for that. Starfield, so that's that next big Bethesda. Oh, we're actually going to see it, are we? Uh, apparently oh, so. Be apparently nice. it's no- November 11th. That'll be a nice little treat. Oh, good for them. Yeah. A Bayonetta 3. I mean, I want to be excited oh. for that, but I also, I just never got around to Bayonetta 2. Oh, I, th- I love Bayonetta 2. Oh, Bayonetta 2 is superb. If you like Bayonetta, go play Bayonetta 2. Oh, it's wonderfully ridiculous. And a lot more playable than the first one. Agreed. It it really refined its formula. Yes. Yeah, and I'm excited about the, the little bits that we've seen of 3. It looks like they're adding in... The the thing that gets me excited is people have made comparisons to some of the new mechanics look like things taken out of Scalebound. And I'm like, oh, if you found a way to take the things that were working out of Scalebound and go, I mean, this worked, we'll put it in Bayo. Okay, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for cool, like, cool kaiju battles occasionally. There's uh, that Evil Dead game, which I don't want to play. I was about to mention that. Yeah, I don't want to play it, but I want to see whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I love Evil Dead, and the idea of an Evil Dead sort of multiplayer game is weird and interesting. Uh, I'd have, I think I'd have preferred just a, a normal game, because even though previous Evil Dead games have been janky as fuck, they are fun. Mostly. If not mechanically, at least in terms of presentation. Like, those, that first PlayStation Evil Dead game was real rough. Real rough. The one I remember is a, I think it was PS2, where there was like a little deadite that was on his side. That's uh one of the. That's Ted Raimi, I think, voicing. Oh, is it? Yeah, of course it is. But yes, and that's a uh, degeneration, I think, or right. That was yeah, that was cute. That one. Yeah. Oh, Plague Tale sequel. A Plague Tale Requiem's coming out. Yeah, Requiem. Yeah. I'm in on that. All about that. That first game was superb, and I am... Fucking beautiful. One of my best games of the year. Very much here for for more of it. And speaking of sequels, there's a Slime Rancher sequel, and I'm I'm interested. Because that one, that first one, I liked it, but it didn't have... I don't know, it didn't feel tight enough to me, and so I'd kind of like to see them take another go. Agreed. I I, want to see them go, let's refine what we're good at and not try and reinvent the wheel too much. Yeah. We have that, um, what could only be described as post-apocalyptic Kirby game. Oh, yeah! Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Right. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm I'm interested for Nintendo properties being a little bit reimagined and oh, done yeah. slightly differently next year. I, my love of Kirby is well known. I really like the concept of this. Yeah. I've never not enjoyed a Kirby game. And, yeah, I'll, I'll play more Kirby. Yeah. Weird, looking in Warner Brothers' H section, and there's just a big picture of a shit. <laughs> just a, oh, yeah. a big picture yeah. of a turd writing a book. Uh, weird. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, I Am Jesus Christ is out next year. I remember this, yeah. I Am Jesus Christ. I remember this. There was a trailer for it, and everyone went wild because it was just so fucking... Oh bold and everyone thought it was a joke but it is it's got a release date of next year yeah. <laughs> ah. 
I don't think we've had an official release year, but a lot of people are suspecting Breath of the Wild sequel is finally going to be next year. Oh yeah, that'd be alright. And I'm super unsure whether I want that or not, and I've been saying this since the first one came out. I love the original Breath of the Wild. It is the least replayable of any of the Zeldas. That's so funny because Linda was just talking about how she wants to replay it. So I've I've had that thought, uh-huh. and every time I try, I never stick with it. And because the thing is, one of my favorite Zeldas of all time on first playthrough, but so much of the magic is discovery mm. that upon replay, you know what everything is, and a lot of that magic is gone. And without that magic, it's not the same. And my, we've seen very little of the Breath of the Wild sequel. If it's in the same open world map, which I assume it probably is, you know, is there enough that will be changed to make it feel like that sense of exploration is back? Or enough that is meaty and substantial to make the lack of exploration not a problem? Because mm. I feel it like it's it's the one Zelda game I can't, I never have the urge to go, yeah, I'll do another full playthrough of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious how they can prevent a sequel falling into that trap. There's a game listed called No Place for Bravery. I'm really surprised that wasn't announced at the Game Awards. Oh! Right? And then there's that Turtles game. Oh, wait, no. Is that fucking published by Ubisoft? I was looking forward to that, but do they have the rights? No! Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, Shredder's Revenge! Oh, I want that. This is the sequel, sort of sequel to the old arcade one, right? Yeah, like it's all arc- old arcade visuals, beat 'em up gameplay, published by Dot Emu, who uh, have done. Sim- did they did they do Streets of Rage? I think so. I think they've done similar games, but yeah, and it's got playable April O'Neil, which is cool. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, I'm into that. I want that. I've really dug the demo first. Uh, Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise. Oh, I'd have loved to have played that if it weren't for arbitrary time limits on demos these fucking days. Yeah, that's a shitty thing they did. It really but is. as someone who did play the demo, I, I really dug it. I had a lot of fun with it. I'm really intrigued to play a full game of that. I, I was really hooked on that demo. It was real good. Oh, I didn't even know there was a new Outlast game coming out. Yeah. The Outlast Trials. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, co-op. Wow. No, there we are. Oh, is that Dragon Ball Z game out next year? I don't think we've talked about that one, but... Which? Which Dragon Ball Z game? The co-op horror game. Oh! Dragon Ball The Breakers, is that the one? I think that's the one. Yes! I remember hearing about this and never, like, making the time to properly go look at it. Oh, yeah, it's... I love the concept. Yeah, you're you're playing as the shitty weak characters that like are just trying to not get killed. Basically, one player is one of the main arc villains, like Frieza or Cell, and then everyone else is yeah, just a regular person trying to get the fuck out. Your your characters like um the shitty low tier people who are like yeah, I can I can do a hard human level punch, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's a, pl- a god eating chaos beast. Yeah. Like, it, it might end up, like, janky and shit, but as someone who doesn't play beat-em-ups but used to enjoy Dragon Ball Z when I was younger, yeah, a game that I'm actually interested in that's, like, Dragon Ball Z-flavoured, I, I want that. I'm very okay with being Bulma running away from Frieza. Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds like a fun time. So, yeah, I, again, you know, I try not to get excited for games anymore and the trailer makes it, you know, it doesn't look brilliant, but the concept really has my attention. What do you mean the House of the Dead remake? Why am I learning of things? Who said I could learn? It's just listed. There's no details. I'm looking on Game Informer. It just says the House of the Dead remake. Forever Entertainment on the Switch 2022. Huh. Well. Well, I said the end of the year was for learning. Yeah, have we got anything else, or should we should we should we wrap up and 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 finish finish up an episode? Yeah. I think we could wrap up and finish up an episode, yeah. 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 Well, well then. Phone just hit the floor. Oh no. Oh no. It slid off my smooth milky thigh. (laughs) There we are. It's got a case on it, it'll be alright. It's just it made a clatter and I thought, well, I'll explain what that is. Uh, I'm imagining Justin edited the other clatter out and is probably not happy with the fact that I drew attention to the clatter. So, you know, 
he always tells me not to draw attention when I do a fuck-ups because he will just edit it out. But now I've belaboured the point so much. It's become a whole point yeah. now. You can't edit... See, that's the thing. If you make a big enough deal of it, it has to stay in the edit because otherwise the edit do not make sense. Yeah, and let's face it, I just wanted to brag on my thighs. I mean... I, no, I'm not arrogant. Thigh. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to be arrogant. Good thighs. They... <laughs> thank you. I wasn't fishing for compliments, but let's face it, I was. <laughs> All right, um, that's it. Uh, see you next year. Let's not forget the joke. We could see you next year. Ah ha 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 See you next ha, year. Um, but as the year closes out, people want to read. They want to listen. They want to look. And Laura, <gasps> yeah, you have you have content to dazzle the senses. Oh, I do. I do. You can find it. You can find it on the internet. Uh, Laura K Buzz, just on all the places, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, I do episodes of Accessibility every uh, Friday on YouTube, where we talk about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, you can go get lovely little enamel pins and my logo over on the Gymporium, go do that. Uh, you can get a book that I'm writing, it's called Who Hunts the Whale, it's about the video game industry, it's going to make you laugh and also make you hate capitalism, go support it, it's on Unbound, go search Who Hunts the Whale Unbound, you'll find it there. Also on a bunch of podcasts, there's uh, Pixel Squirt, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, Dice Funk, that's a, that's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that we just finished recording season 8, uh, I'm on seasons 3 through 8, they're all their own stories, jump in wherever you like. Conrad, you used to be on that. I did, but you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, you can hang out with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thatconradzimmerman. I started playing Fall Guys again. Oh, that's the other thing I played. I played Fall Guys. I should have mentioned that because it's fucking unrecognizable now. <laughs> yes, it is. We will talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. You can buy anti-capitalist propaganda from me at pinfultruth.com or audiobooks at conradreads.com or hear more of me on Let's Talk About Snacks with Lauren Morgan and Linda Camiolo where we talk about snacks every week, wherever you get your podcasts. And Boston's favorite son, hey, new episode of that out. Podquisition, or, Podquisition listeners might be aware of that. You may have gotten a notification before I deleted it from this feed. Christ. You may have, but hey, if you happen to catch it, why not go listen to more of that? Also, uh, probably where you're listening to this. And uh, everything I do gets supported on Patreon at patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? James Stephanie Sterling. Hell yeah. Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. Uh, you can go on support on that. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Um, I stream on Twitch uh, at various points during the week, but almost always at 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Uh, that's at twitch.tv slash Jim Sterling. And... Uh, upcoming wrestling January 15th I will be at Wrestlers Lab's Chemical MV show also big big shout out of respect to to Wrestlers Lab they uh, really went to bat for me with a bit of misgendering today at the time of recording um just absolutely tore someone a new a-hole it was really good um Yay. so yeah yeah that'll be in New Jersey January 15th that's about it I'm I'm ready to to be done with this year as if next year will be any better uh It'll be more of the same for all of us. Well, I'll have a change of scenery. We'll see you next year. See you next year. Conrad, you want to say see you next year? Bye. <laughs>